0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered, compulsive overeater. Could everyone unmute, I mean, mute your phone, please? Today is Monday, December 8, 2014. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are in Chapter 2, There is a Solution, on page 20, the first paragraph beginning with, you may already. Today's readers are Reading the OA12 Steps is Chrissy M. Reading the OA12 Traditions is Anne-Marie M. And Reading the Literature are Sharon R.S., Carmela G., and Deanna B. The reference number for Sunday, December 7th, is 7090. OA Preamble to read
1: the OA-12 steps. Hi, I'm Chrissy M., newly recovered compulsive reader and anorexic from New Jersey. Here are the steps we took which are suggested of a a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. 6 were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory. When we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
0: Thank you, Chrissy M. I will now ask Anne-Marie M. to read the OA-12
2: Traditions. Good morning, everyone, and Rebecca, thank you for your service. My name is Anne-Marie M. I am a recovered compulsive eater in South Carolina. Group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose: to carry this message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, lend, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige diverted from our primary purpose. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, a public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Anne-Marie. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. In Chapter 2, There is a Solution on page 20, the first paragraph beginning with, You May Already. I will now ask Sharon R.S. to get us started by reading two paragraphs, ending with, as we see them.
3: Good morning, and thank you uh, so much. I'm very glad to be here with you on the line. I'm Sharon R.S., and I am a Republican overeater. You may already have asked yourself why it is that all of us became so very ill from drinking, Doubtless, you are curious to discover how and why, in the face of expert opinion to the contrary, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. If you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may be asking, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. We shall tell you what we have done. Before going into a detailed discussion, it may be well to summarize some points as we see them. So now we're getting ready to review, uh, and then we're going to go into the program of recovery. But here, I'd like to look at the phrase, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. We have recovered. And uh, and it's hopeless. It's not seemingly hopeless. Um, but it, it says, from a hopeless condition of mind and body. And I tell you the way... I ate food. It was with a vengeance. It was, there was, it was, there was no thought. It was, there was nothing that could stop me. I had to have that food. It was, it was, I was compelled. I I had to do it. I had to eat that food. And yet here I am uh, for over, 13 years i have not been compelled i i was just thinking about it just yesterday and i i thought wow i i really um can go anywhere i can cook food for my family i can have have it in the house and it doesn't call me i don't want it i don't like i used to And I have actually recovered from this disease, something that seemed impossible 13 years ago. What changed? And we're going to talk about that uh, in the next paragraphs to come. But what I want to talk about is that we can recover. Even though it seems impossible, we can get recovered which means that we do not have to eat compulsively. We can eat our food that uh, we that our body needs, and then we can go on with the business of living. And the other thing is that this is a condition of the mind as well as the body. Our body and our mind are affected by this disease. My mind would tell me I needed the food, my body would call for it. If I stayed off the food, if I didn't eat it, then I didn't, as long as I stayed away from the food, I didn't need the food, but then my mind would tell me that I need it. So this is a very complicated disease, and we have a very clear way to get recovered the other thing about getting recovered from compulsive overeating is that when when we recover we can get on with the business of living food is not driving and directing and leading us it's not the only thing that we think about but we are we still have that disease i can recover but i still underneath it all, if I take that first bite, I can be right back where I am. So what we're going to talk about in the next paragraph is, is um, first we're going to review this question of the disease, and then we're going to talk about the program of recovery. So hold on. Uh, help is on the way. We can get you covered, and we have a, uh, a clear way to do that. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sharon. Right. Charles from New York. Sharon. Lauren S from Pittsburgh. Mary, Mary A. Hello. Okay, so I was going to say, would anyone like to share on these two paragraphs? Sorry, That's okay.
4: That's okay. I've heard
0: Charles. Lauren, Lauren and, S. I heard Charles. Lauren S. And Mary. I didn't catch the first initials of your last name, but when you speak, you can repeat that. Go ahead, Charles.
5: Morning. um, Thank you, Rebecca, for your continued service. Good morning, visionaries. My name is Charles H., a recovered visionary just for today. And, um, you know, I thank God, my higher power, for waking me up, first of all. And uh, I'd just like to drill down on... um, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. Um, you know, one thing, one thing must, thank God for, for a recovered sponsor, right? He, he suggesting this to me. One thing I have, two things I got to worry about, what goes in my mouth and what comes out of my mouth. And, uh, you know, the tongue don't have any muscles, but it, it, it kills, <laughs> it kills. But my mind is, my mind kills. see my mind was hopeless before I got disciplined um and the discipline that I got is through working the twelve steps and the twelve traditions of this program and um this is this is these two paragraphs are setting us up to get to that spot um, what- What do I have to do? I don't have to do anything. I could just, just stay. I could stay there, stay right, stay here until you know the obsession hits me again, and then back on the back back, back on the cyclone in Coney Island. So, um, every every morning, right? Like my mind says, Charles, what do we have to do? It asks my question. It asks me a question. What do I have to do? I need to get to a meeting. I need to help help somebody else, and it ain't got to be somebody just, particularly in program, just in the world, and 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 also doing a daily ten step. We're just working the steps. Um, forgive somebody because every day I offend people and people offend me. I know that from the jump, you know, I know that from the jump. So what do I have to do? Every day I have to. For me, to to be recovered, to stay in a recovered state from a hopeless condition of mind and body, like I love how it's said all the time: if food and weight was my problem, white white knuckle abstinence would be my solution. But but life is my problem, living life, on you know um on life's terms. So we should tell you what we. So we should tell you what we have done before going into a detailed discussion. I love this. This is like <laughs> this is like the the the, the 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 prep. It's like the prep. It's getting us prepared. It's getting us uh um ready and I just love this what do I have to do? What do I have to do? I gotta do everything to protect my recovery one day at a time. Not cured recovered one day at a time and with that I'd like to wish everybody a great week God bless you all and keep recovered peace
0: thanks Charles H. Lauren S you're next
6: hey Lauren S (laughs) a recovery compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh and um Right now, where I am in my process is since I went through the book last time in um <clears throat> that ended in June i more agnosticism has cropped up, and what's been beaten down on me like a ton of bricks is my weight obsession obsession with weight and body, which was alleviated for the greater part. Of the past couple of years and I have recovered from my obsession to ingest toxins toxic foods toxins but I have not recovered from other part other you know other weight obsession and other things that's 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 making me still want to run the show and so what we just read gives me the promise of okay, Lauren, just keep following along, just keep going on in your workshop because I'm, I'm doing my fourth big book workshop right now. I'm in step one, and I feel like I did when I just started the work. I don't really know what it would be like to live without weight obsession. It's a little freaky, but I just do the work, right? If you're still obsessing about food, it's weird to know what it's like to not think about food it's weird to know what it would be like to be recovered, but you just you just do the work almost robotically. you just do it because what else do you what else is there? and um I don't know if I'll ever be recovered from my weight obsession, but I know god god's God's so great he He can relieve me of anything, so I'm just gonna keep trucking trucking along like I did the first time I cracked open this book with you guys. And with that, it will pass.
0: Thank you, Laureness. Mary,
7: good morning. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. I hope this telephone is clear. Um, Wow, to be recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. And that's surely me. You know, I um, went out on a relapse, and I am back after 14 months. And I can truly say I'm so recovered from the obsession of mind, you know, um, to be really recovered, to be around the foods um, that I used to ingest. I can cook them. I can make these things for my family. It's truly a blessing that they don't go to me. And, you know, I was thinking of we keep hearing that we have to put the food down. Put the food down before you do the steps. Well, I think you can still do the steps while you're even in the food, if you've been a relapser over the years. And but, but the point that um, I was thinking was being for putting the food down is how God said to me, you know, the small inner voice just keep you know to have a spiritual awakening just as i can't force the sun to come up in the morning god said to me you cannot force a spiritual awakening mary but i promise you if you just keep coming on these meetings and listening to me to speak through the people and the literature you will have it and you know the big book truly tells us the big book truly tells us that it is when the grace of God enters a man or woman and dispels the obsession that which he could not do before. And it also says we don't know why we pick up. We don't even really know the day. So to me, it's so important when I share with others to say, just keep connected, keep connected, keep listening, keep dialing in so that you will have your spiritual awakening. And I Remember for me when I crawled back to to my fellowship, I didn't know. I didn't know, but I remembered God saying that to me. I didn't know when I'd have a day when it miraculously was there. And then to come to this group and really understand that I will never be cured of the allergy, but I can be cured of this obsession of the mind, and I am so grateful And I'm so grateful for all the wisdom i learned from God through all of you. God bless you all.
0: Mary, what's the first initial of your last name? I guess she muted. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs?
8: This is Larry.
9: Hi, this is Vasa. Can I
4: please ask what page you guys read from, from the big book?
0: Page 20. Thank you. I heard Larry, Sarah, and Vasa. Larry, go right ahead.
8: Thanks so much. Um, appreciate your service. Larry K. Uh, Recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know the sentence here again that uh, that I want to focus on is uh, it is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. And, um, you know, I, I read that many times in the first uh, several years when I came into program. And, you know, but nonetheless, you know, I still, for me, I was trying to do it myself. And, you know, the, I read that, but it didn't sink in. You know, the, the purpose of the book, to answer such questions specifically, it tells us it tells us exactly precisely what we need to do to get well what do i have to do you know and and for some reason i think uh for me maybe it resonates with you it was the ego you know uh was so powerful that i could actually read words like that but nonetheless i'm going to find my own way my softer way you know because i didn't i couldn't feel uh, uncomfortable for very long, and so i I looked for shortcuts <laughs> you know I looked for easier ways to do this rather than you know uh, follow these these instructions precisely and I remember when I finally uh, the overnight success that I was in this program after five years of struggling um, you know I remember actually working through the steps precisely sequentially and I remember I was in my kitchen because you know something happened to me I had a, a vital uh, spiritual transformation and I remember thinking you've got to be kidding me you've got to be kidding me I wasn't angry like you've got to be kid but really that's what it was all the time I was looking for great complexity to a to a problem that I thought was very complex and you know these instructions all that was required was that I follow these instructions and I would come into a new relationship with my creator that would enter my heart and my mind in a way that sure it was going to extract that obsession of mine. that was one of many things that it did for me but there were so many other gifts that that was going that that this process was going to bring to my life but um you know, too often I think what happened, certainly happened for me, is the ego was so strong that I was just going to work the tools. I was going to try to do anything to divert my attention. I would run through grocery stores, don't look, don't look, you know, drive down the road, don't look at that place that used to pull me in like a magnet, right? I don't have to live my life that way anymore because I followed the instructions precisely and I'm nothing special nothing special this is this program is not for just the special this is for anyone who follows the instructions precisely so anyways thank god for alcoholics anonymous because it did indeed save my life and with that i'll pass thanks
0: thank you larry k sarah w
10: thank you rebecca for your service this is sarah w grateful recovered compulsive overeater so grateful to be sober today and to be abstinent and to be in my right mind, you know, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Um, You know, I I really, when I was thinking about this, I thought, um, you know, of my journey uh, through in recovery, and, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, how badly do we want it, you know, do we want it enough to to try the things that are are being asked of us? and I I just want to welcome anybody that's new on the line and especially those that are um coming back. It's so hard to come back, you know, I remember myself. Um I you know, I had very beautiful abstinence for about six years, um, lost all my weight, you know, eighty, ninety pounds, uh, really felt good, you know. And um and then I moved. And I didn't have my recovery community. I had been, you know, utilizing the big book, but I really never learned to do a 10, 11, and 12, and that was where I kind of got off track. But, you know, what I can say is that um, it really does, it happens, you know, that that God does this to us, for us, uh, if we're willing to do the work. And, um, you know, For me today, instead of saying that my my relapse, which was a a long relapse, like eight years, um, you know, really helped me a lot because, you know, I have a lot of compassion for people and at the same time I know in my mind that I will always be a compulsive overeater. I will never be different from that and that I'm recovered today um, and that's a daily reprieve. That's all I have. And it's contingent on if I stay in these beautiful steps that we have. And, um, you know, it is really all about change. So, you know, I, I would just like to invite those that are kind of struggling to, to uh, keep their mind open to what, what this beautiful program can offer us. You know, I can talk all day about my behaviors with the food uh, and, and, and how I, you know, destroyed my body and, you know, got high blood pressure, COPD, you know, how, how badly I felt. But I think the worst of the problem was that I was living in a in, in this in this uh prison that I made of myself because I had no relationships that were healthy. I was a very angry, unhappy woman. And that is what even more than the food stuff, the food is important, but my God, you know, I had no life. I and I was really making a lot of people around me miserable. So So grateful today for what the program has offered me and for all of you, but I do realize today that the fellowship is not what is going to keep me healthy in my abstinence. It is truly working the twelve steps. And with that I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sarah W. Vasa O.
9: Yes. Thank you, Rebecca, and good morning, everybody. And I'm Vasa O, recovered compulsive eating calling from Florida. Ah, wow! Find out how to recover from. I was curious. I really was so curious to find out how to recover from this hopeless condition of the obsession of the mind and the body, and that was me, that hopeless, helpless person that has struggled for years and years and tried kind of all kinds of forms of diets um, to, to you know, to put the food down. But I could never, never keep it down. I could keep it down for a little bit. I remember being of the sugars. I'll just wrap it up. I don't know that's my time. But anyways, I remember being abstinent, even before coming from the program from the sugars. But I, I was not abstinent. The, the compulsion was there, still the obsession. So I always kept on going back to it. But again, I had suffered enough, enough, many years, and I had a lot of discipline in my life. You know, I was a mother. I could cook, clean and cook, take care of my children. But when it came to the food, I did. I had. I. I had no discipline. I didn't know I had a disease. You know, so what I needed to, to do for myself, I listened to my sponsor. I said she must know more than I do because look at me and look at where she is. You know, so I did. I took her suggestions to surrender to God. And to and and to immerse my myself into the program, but for me, I remember her stressing to me, "You gotta keep, uh, you gotta keep up, students? I'll just wrap it up, and you gotta stay. You know, in order to work the steps, you gotta put the food down." I listened. I didn't know any better, so I said, "Oh, okay, I'll do that." You know, but I have heard people in recovery, they, you know, they, while they were still working the the steps. Some of them became abstinent while they were working the steps. So it gave me a better understanding. But I love following the directions in the big book, and it's a paragraph at a time because my mind does not absorb a lot. Like if we read a page or two pages, I get confused, you know. So I love reading one paragraph at a time, and I love the directions they right here. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa O. I think we should move on. So I will now ask Carmela G. to read the next two paragraphs, beginning with how many times and ending with different from ours.
2: Thank you, Rebecca. Uh,
11: This is Carmela G. from New York. How many times people have said to us, I can take it or leave it alone. Why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? That fellow can't handle his liquor. Why don't you try beer and wine? Lay off the hard stuff. His willpower must be weak. He could stop if he wanted to. She's such a sweet girl. I should think he'd stop for her sake. The doctor told him, that if he ever drank again, it would kill him. But there he is, all lit up again. Now these are commonplace observations on drinkers, which we hear all the time. Back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. We see that these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. And I'll just take a few moments to reflect on that. This is Carmela G. Um, he could stop if he wanted. How many times we said that to ourselves? And I said it to myself. And after an eating binge, I would promise, tomorrow I'm not picking up a thing. And tomorrow never came. Well, I had a life threatening illness, and the doctor said I had to lose 100 pounds. That seemed impossible to me. And it was impossible for me because I didn't realize at the time that I was a compulsive overeater. I didn't want to realize I was in denial. I didn't want to admit that I was hopeless. I wanted to think I was powerful and I could do it. Well, it was only until I surrendered and I gave it up to God and said, God, please help me, that I was fortunate enough to lose over 160 pounds. And for that, I'm grateful every single day. But the weight loss wasn't it. It just wasn't doing it. I wanted something more. So working the big book a little bit harder every single day, following those directions, one day at a time, acting as if when I didn't believe, trying when I wasn't sure, surrendering every single morning, asking God, my higher power, please direct me, let me do thy will, not my will, giving up that power that I thought I I was so powerful. I thought because I had degrees and a profession that I knew it all. Well, only when I surrendered, now that I've had the weight loss, completed the steps, do I feel such a joy that I want to spread and I want to share. And thank you so much for letting me share that. Have a good day. I pass.
5: Hi, Charles from New York
6: again. Anna H. Kathy K. Sally?
0: Kim? Deanna B? I'll be honest with you. I I was just wanting to thank Carmella G, and so I got a little thrown off. I heard Charles, and so thank you, Carmella G. I heard Charles. I heard what I thought was maybe Anna, but I might have missed the beginning of her name. Anna H. Is it Anna H.? It is. Okay. And who...
12: who I have says, an idea.
0: Do you want to thank Carmilla and then let everyone say it again? I can't... Kim remember. B. Can. Kim. Okay. Kim. And Anna Kathy K. Right.
6: Kathy K. And T. T. Sally.
0: Sally, yeah. Okay. Um. All right, so I have Charles H., Anna H., Deanna B., Kim G., Kathy K., and Sally A. Did someone else speak up that I missed? Okay, great. Charles H., um, if you don't mind, since this is your second share, I'm going to ask you to try to be very brief.
5: Again, I will. Um, Charles H. is going to recover Visionary. Uh, how many times have people said to us, "I can't take it a leave? Why can't he? Because I'm a compulsive overeater. Why don't you eat like a gentleman? I can't eat like a gentleman. Without without vision for you, I couldn't do anything like a gentleman. You know, and I just that's you know, it's the truth. I I just couldn't do it. I didn't want to do it at first, and when I tried to fight for white male abstinence, I couldn't do it. I just could not do it. And when when I got to that state that I could not do it, that's when uh, I, I had a God opening. I had a God opening in my body and my mind to allow me to do it one day at a time without my past. Sentence.
0: Great. Thanks, Charles H. Anna H., you're next.
12: Good morning, everyone. This is Anna H. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm recovered for today and one day at a time in this program. Um, yeah, I just want to take back on this reading and what's already been said. I absolutely went through my life thinking that I could control this, if I could just have the willpower to control this. Um, and that's what they're saying here, you know. So many of us for so long said, oh, you know what, we can control this. And I had people in my life who... Um, you know, give those frothy emotional appeals, like, can't you please, you know, we love you, we care about you, um, you're hell, you know, can you please, like, not do this, you know, not do this to yourself, and then also people saying, oh, you know what, it's just your willpower, it takes a lot of discipline, and you know what, maybe you're not disciplined enough, and that used to really do two things it would really make me angry because there was a point in time that I had willpower enough to control this disease and that was at a point that was before like the book says habit becomes obsession um, but this disease is progressive and it wasn't until it progressed enough for me that um, it progressed to the point where I could not control it with my own will anymore I would wake up in the morning and avoid eating for as long as possible because I knew the choice that I was going to make was going to be one that was going to not be um, something that was healthy and felt good to put in my body. And I knew it was going to be a overeating situation. So it came to a point for me where I had to be willing to surrender and turn it over to God and say, I don't, I don't got this. I can't do this. And the beauty is is the big book. Um, has given the instructions that I need every day. Um, Whenever I have a question, I can look, and there is always something there, especially 83 83 through 88 every morning that even tells me what to pray for, You know, that I can ask for different thoughts. I always wanted different actions and different results, but I can ask for different thoughts today, Um, and I didn't know that. So anyway, with that, I'll pass. Thank you for being here on the line this morning, everyone. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you, Anna H. Deanna B.
4: Thank you. This is Deanna B. from Chicago, a recovered compulsive eater. Thank you for your service. Um, I just had to say that all my life... I know that I have overeaten, but all my life I also thought, like a lot of us, that I had no control. Just like those people that kept saying, "Don't you have, you know, a little willpower? Don't do this, don't do that, don't do that." And it did. It used to make me angry, and you know, and I and first of, and I can blame anything on my compulsive eating. And even in the program many years ago, I thought I should be able to do this myself. I don't know where that you know. It's like I just didn't want to stop. When I came into visions, I believe it was in May. I had very much three or four months uh, clean abstinence. I, I, uh, you know, I crawled back into OA on my hands and knees and was willing. I was willing to write my food down. I was real willing to call it it. I was willing to talk to people and with. The instructions in the big book, like everyone has said, it says it right there. It tells me what to do, and the food, unbelievably, is neutral. Like a lot of us have said, you know, I can keep it around; it doesn't matter. I can go any place and do anything, and uh, I can feel my feelings better, like somebody has always said. And what one thing that I cannot do is let things set with me and not do a 10 step on it. And being fairly new to this, um, recovered, being recovered, you know, I didn't know what I was sitting in, and I'm so grateful that God saw fit for the food to still remain neutral and allow me to work through that. And not, I let it lay in my mind for three or four days, and uh, it was very difficult. So I just wanted to share with everyone that, you know, I'm just so grateful that you're here and uh, and with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Deanna B. Kim G.
4: Good
6: morning, Rebecca. Good morning all. My name is Kim G and I'm a recovered compulsive over here from South Jersey. We see these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. So these are not questions that compulsive overeaters ask other compulsive overeaters. These are questions non-compulsive overeaters ask us. And why is that? Because they look at me and they see what the food does to me and they're wondering why I do it. I know what the food does for me and I'm wondering why they don't do it. So I would get tortured by these people that told me, for example, Well, why don't you put one of your fat pictures on the fridge and that way when you go there, you'll basically shame yourself not to open the fridge. Or maybe put a picture of your favorite supermodel on the fridge and that'll motivate you not to open the fridge. Just cut it in half. Don't you want a boyfriend? Come on, just have the whole grain, low fat, diabetic form of that food and you will be fine. And they're not doing that to be mean. They're doing that because that works for people who don't have our problem. We're going to learn next about the moderate drinkers who can take it or leave it alone, the hard drinkers who with sufficient reason can stop. And if those people are looking at someone like me, they're mystified because these questions work for people who do not have my problem. And I get frustrated why it doesn't work. And I was thinking of a simple example. My youngest brother is is insulin-dependent diabetic, I can't remember what diabetic... Diabetes 1 and 2, one's insulin-dependent, one's not. And if my brother, who is an insulin-dependent diabetic, does a support group with people who are non-insulin-dependent, and they start telling him, come on, Scott, all I do is control my diet. I just, I don't have to take insulin. You just need to suck it up. Don't take the insulin and just do what I do because it works for me. I mean, a doctor would shoot him down. My brother would die from that advice. And I have to recognize that I have to know who I am. I am the real deal. I am the real compulsive overeater. If I try to stay absent on what other people who do not have my problem are doing, then I'm going to die. Because I've got a secret for everyone on the line. Diets do work. Restricting calories and mild exercise works unless you have the twofold illness, allergies of the body and obsession of the mind. And I feel very compelled to say this because we are talking about specific directions and the specific directions are you must put the food down first. And my experience, trying not to believe that was that I've never recovered and the people who tell me that are people who flounder in and out of the food years and years and eventually die of the disease. It's very specific. We put the food down first to arrest the allergy, and then we address the, the obsession of the mind with the steps. Without with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim G.
13: Kathy Kaye, you're next. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. This is Kathy Kaye from Massachusetts, a compulsive overeater recovered. Um, you know, I read these two paragraphs And all I can think is how grateful I am that I was finally brought to my knees and finally accepted my powerlessness. Um, Because for most of my life, uh, up until the age of 40 or so, um, I gained and lost the same 15 to 20 pounds over and over again. And so when I was up in my weight... um, I just thought, okay, it's time to diet again, and I lost it again, but I never kept it off. Um, I then became diabetic, type 1 diabetic, and, um, you know, I was really killing myself with those binges. I was doing damage to my organs, and um, I don't know how much longer I would have lived a healthy life. as a result of my compulsive overeating. And people would, and especially if people close to me, would say, you've got to not do that. You're hurting yourself. And they were powerless, too. Um, and it was only through listening to all of you and studying the big book that I really came to acceptance. I took step one. Um, And it was not easy, and it took a long time, but it was through reading and listening and writing that I was able to finally accept I was not one of those who could control my food. So grateful for Overeaters Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous and for all of you. Thank you. Thank you, you, Kathy Kay. Sally A.,
6: Thank you, Rebecca, for your service to all of us. This is Sally A. Uh, in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I love this paragraph because it really does drive home what goes on with my family and with um, even with some of my friends. They're asking the questions, why, 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 why? If you look back, if you pull back from the page, you'll see why, why, why. I can take it or leave it. Why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? That fellow can't handle his liquor. Why don't you try beer and wine? Why? And we, you know, I was taught when I was going to, uh, in part of my studies in, um, in the university, uh, in cognitive behavioral therapy, we're taught never ask the question why. Why is a shame-based question. And so frame your question, but do not frame it without using the word why. Because the word why has implications of shame. And so when people are asking these questions, why can't he? Why don't you try this? Why don't you drink like a gentleman? These are, these are questions that come to me all the time from my children, who are not children. They're grown adults. You know, and what I've learned recently in, in this past holiday, Thanksgiving, and here we are in the middle of a lot of holidays. So perhaps you're in the same experience that I'm having, I've learned recently that For years, my children were judging me and and angry and even angry at me and putting me down because I gained 110 pounds in about 10 years. And they were angry because I was their mentor. I was very much a strong leader to my own children. And here I was vacuous. I was lost in the food. And they couldn't understand that. Interestingly, here I am now. I've lost 80 of those pounds. And I'm now weighing and measuring, something I have not done publicly. I've been weighing and measuring privately in my home, but I was never willing to weigh and measure publicly. And what's interesting about this is that now my children are, they're asking me these why questions. Why do you have to do that? Mom, that's embarrassing. Why do you have to do that? So now they're not asking the why questions because I'm fat. Now they're asking the why questions because I'm trying to get well. And interestingly, we see on page 21 of the 12 and 12, it says at the bottom of the page, until he so humbles himself, his sobriety, if any, will be precarious. And in the big book, we see the difference between precarious abstinence and entire abstinence. And what I'm learning is that I can't care anymore what people think about Sally A., I just can't care. I have to know who I am. I have to know in public and in private that I'm not a normal eater. I have an eating disorder and I understand that today. And it doesn't matter anymore what anyone thinks of Sally anymore. It just matters that I know and I'm not affected by the shame-based comments anymore from my children or anyone else. It doesn't matter. What matters is I don't want to live on the edge of a cliff and have a precarious sobriety anymore. I want to have entire abstinence. Thanks for letting me share with that. I pass.
0: Thank you, Sally a. Well, this is Rebecca, and since we only have a couple of minutes, I hesitate to open the floor. So that's my cue to share and I'm Rebecca F a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut and I really appreciate everyone's enthusiasm to speak on the line this morning thank you all for sharing and I get so much out of being at this meeting and in particular being of service if you if you are eligible if you have the abstinence requirements and you haven't stepped up to the plate, I encourage you to do so, because it really enhances my program. And I imagine it does to all of us who do um, uh, volunteer on the line. Um, I looked back on page 19, just prior to the paragraphs we read today, where it says, most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and respect for their opinions, our attitudes, which make us more useful to others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. And now we talk about how um, we live in a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. And it's just so important for us to to be recovered, to become recovered, and to stay recovered, to have real tolerance and respect of people's ignorance and misunderstanding. And I remember that I was ignorant and didn't understand. And I am the compulsive overeater, so how could I expect others to be anything different when they haven't done this work and they don't know what I've learned from those of us who have gone before me. And it also reminds me that if I was ignorant and misunderstood about my own disease of compulsive overeating, I'm ignorant and still misunderstand about other things in the world just like everybody else. So You know what they say, love and tolerance is our code. And um, I'm just as ignorant and misunderstanding as the next guy about a lot of things. And uh, by the grace of God, I've been given an opportunity to see that about myself and and recognize that in others so that I can be tolerant and patient and know that um, we all have this problem. And with that, I'll pass. Um, and it's time for us to close. So um, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Um, Deanna B. has graciously offered to fill in Um for Susie K. And will you, Deanna, please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
6: Rebecca,
4: this is Melanie. I can do hey, that. This is Deanna B. I was talking, didn't realize I had not unmuted. Okay, uh, our book, Melanie, and go ahead, Deanna. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Get truly of what you find and join us.